Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And I'm the Night Owl. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... What's up? What is up, everybody? How the heck is everybody doing? Nightmare Jones is here once again, ladies and gentlemen. It is a great, great, great night. How the heck is everybody doing tonight? I know that I'm doing great. I know that I'm doing wonderful, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am pumped. I am ready. It's going to be a great freaking show. Oh, my goodness. We've, we've got the high spot segment, the shooting shout segment, the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the Fantasy Wrestling segment, and that's not enough, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Kevin Ryan coming on and Shogun Chris Logan, ladies and gentlemen. It is going to be an absolute amazing, amazing, amazing show. And I know... That my boy the night owl is ready to enter. So, Mr. Haas, if you could please play the intro. Right now on the Facebook live feed, tell us where you're watching from, and don't forget. 
to dial that number, 657-383-1521. Let me also remind everybody, for those of you guys who missed the announcement last week, Esports Bar KC is hosting our SummerSlam watch party. That's right. Our SummerSlam watch party is being hosted at Esports Bar with all social distancing requirements met, of course. We're going to keep, keep on keeping on, okay, this upcoming Sunday. And we've got some friends coming from out of town. I cannot tell you how excited I am about that, Josie. Also, I, 70 Sports Media, our newest sponsor, thank you for always loving and embracing us. For all things Missouri sports, make sure you check out our boys over at I-70 Sports Media. And then, of course, we've got a lot of brother and sister podcasts, starting with The Conspiracy Farm. It's me speaking to you. That's right, Jay Hollywood and his partner, Pat Milicic, the UFC Hall of Famer. Talking Dynasty for you football nuts out there. Royal Mills Transportation. And, of course, Wrath, Bud, Engraving, Jonesy, these WrestleTalk podcast mugs are proven to make your cerveza. That's beer, for those of you guys who don't know Spanish, okay? 17.5% tastier when you drink it out of a WrestleTalk podcast mug. If you have a mug and you're watching this live right now, can I get an amen? Please, 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 can I get an amen? That said, my friend, me and Joe, Joe and I I are ready to kick things off, but Joe, I got to ask, bro, how the hell are you doing tonight, man? I am doing just wonderful tonight. Tonight's been a a really, really, really good show. Uh, It's been a really, really, really good night. So I'm excited. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm drinking my small advice. I'm going to get rid of this this stuff. So that is what I'm drinking tonight. So, you know, I I, kind of wish that I had uh, what you were drinking or uh, what was that that one beer that I had when I was there? Space Cadet or what was that beer? Space Camper. Dude, Space, Space Camper is from the Boulevard, Boulevard Brewing Company. And let me tell you something, because I know there's a lot of people from the St. Louis area. Oh, boy, do I have some heat for you guys coming up at the end of the first hour. My shoot shot is a two-parter, okay? And one of them involves a St. Louis treasure that will now call Kansas City its home. Make sure you guys tune into that towards the end of the first hour. But, Joe, man. What makes me so excited about tonight? Well, listen, guys, we got Kevin Ryan coming on the show. This dude is the main attraction pretty much everywhere he goes, and he's only a couple of years into the business. He hails out of the great state of Georgia, and he's going to be joining us here in the first hour. Jonesy, then in the second hour, things are about to get a little mini. You know why? Because the Shogun is going to be joining us. Chris Shogun Logan, who's going to be competing at Black Wrestlers Matter, is going to be joining us in the second hour. Joe, I really could not have thought of a better lineup for this week's show, bro. I am absolutely exuberant. I am excited. I am ecstatic. I'm super calibrated. If you live in Caledonia. So with that said, I think we should do what we always do about this time, and that's when we ask everybody to please respectfully remove their caps, Place their hands over their hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it. Oh, 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 oh,
say that correctly. The fanaticism of some people has gone too far. And, bro, you know what they say about people with idle time, bro? Idle time is the cousin of trouble. So that's what's going to happen when you keep people locked in. People are going to obsess. People are going to be crazy. And I'm glad that the uh, uh, Orlando Sheriff's Department was able to do their job and catch this creeper and put his ass where he belongs behind bars. I mean, how much crazier can you get than to stop? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, let me, let me hit the punchline here. How much crazier can you get, Jonesy, than to fall in love with a chick who Sonya Deville is a, a very pretty lady, no doubt. But, bro, <laughs> but bro, she doesn't like your equipment, okay? Yeah. She is gay, for those of you who did not know. So even if, if, if you were romantically interested in Sonya Deville, dude, she's not into you. She's not into guys, period. She has a girlfriend. What the hell is wrong with these people, Joe? I just, I don't know what else to say. I am, I'm, I'm speechless yeah. at the disgusting nature that some of these, what I like to call, um, just unhinged fans are willing to go to get this much closer to their favorite superstars. Which again, in this case, this dude has no chance. Dude, she doesn't even like dudes. Hello, McFly. Anybody in there? Show, it makes no sense. Right? It, 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 it kind of reminds me of the uh, stories uh, earlier this year of the guys that, that kept breaking into the uh, uh, performance center. Like, they, they, this dude, like, kept on breaking into the, to the performance center, and, and he was, like, Facebook Live and stuff, you know, breaking into the performance center. And I'm like, dude, you're going to get yourself shot. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh. Well, aye, I'm, aye, grateful. Aye, aye. I'm grateful it didn't go any worse than that, Joe, because that was very, very scary. Before we move on to the next topic, let me just wish our boy, Jay Hollywood, a very, very, very happy belated birthday. He turned 25 again yesterday. So, <laughs> so happy birthday to you, Jay Hollywood. From your most loyal fans, dude, we love you, WrestleTalk Podcast fam. We are 100% behind Pat Milicic and all of his endeavors, whether it be it's me speaking to you or the conspiracy the conspiracy farm with his co-host, UFC Hall of Famer, Pat Milicic, man. Shout out to you, Jay Hollywood. You want to you wanna sing to Jay Hollywood, Jonesy? I know you got a little bit of a karaoke voice. We've got about 10, 15 seconds. You want to sing a happy birthday to Jay Hollywood for the people? Sure, why not? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. You know your name. (laughs) Jay Hollywood. Happy birthday to you.
That's right, WWE Thunderdome will digitally recreate the, the feeling of actually attending a 1998 taping of Thunder in Atlanta, sitting shoulder to shoulder with all those simply adolescents in NWO t-shirts. How awesome is that, Renee? <laughs>
adorned with dollar signs. A uh, a Clarion Ledger investigation. I hope I'm pronouncing the reporter's name correctly. Or is that, I don't know if that's the name of the investigative company. Whatever. A Carolyn or Caron, Carion, it, it doesn't matter. Investigation found Mississippi's Department of Human Services paid his Christian wrestling ministry more than $2 million in welfare funds. So we knew, even when we talked to Teddy Diazzi, that he has turned he had turned his life over to Christ, right? But now apparently, according to this report, allegedly, allegedly, a lot of allegedly's were going around here, he was funneling money from the welfare system into his Christian wrestling ministry. Now these are just reports. Innocents are proven guilty. This is still America after all. But Joe, were he found guilty? of doing this with your perception and your fanhood of Teddy Biazzi change? Um, you know, that, that that's really, really a, a tough one, you know, because, you know, you've, you've got, I don't know, you know, that, that you're asking me all these tough questions, man. That's, that, that, that's a tough one because I really, really love Teddy Biazzi. DBS, you know, but if, if if that's something that 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 he has done, you know that that's totally not cool, you know. But you also see that a lot with the, you know, with with a lot of uh, 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 preachers, you know, that are on TV, you know, like uh, Joe Osteen and and you know those those kind, you know. So I don't know. It, it's it's it, it's definitely hard, you know. You, you, I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one. Well, we'll leave the rest to you guys, Joe. I know you had a couple of other stories that you wanted to get into. Uh, let me just let me just say this before we move on. So, okay, I know there's been a lot going on with even like pre-COVID, right, with, like, the whole Me Too movement in wrestling where people are speak out, I think it was called speak out. So we were asked, or we're being asked, and I'm going to point to the situation with Velveteen Dream, we're being asked to ignore what goes on outside the ring and to just judge these people by what they do inside the squared circle. The problem is, Joe, that kayfabe is all but dead, okay? So as big of a part uh, as social media is a professional wrestling today, it's almost impossible to ask people to just shut up and watch the wrestling. Don't pay attention to what these people do outside. I think that's kind of, and a lot of, this, actually this is at least the opinion of some people. I personally don't know how I feel about it yet. That based on some of the stuff that's gone on with Velveteen Dream, we should just ignore all that and just be happy that he's back in the world of professional wrestling. But between you and me, bro, I have a hard time doing that. If, if, uh, if a Joey Ryan or a, a Jimmy Havoc or, or these people have been accused on many, many multiple of occasions, they've not been able to exonerate themselves, I'm always going to look at them maybe just not the same. Like, I don't want to pass judgment, right, because a lot of these accusations could be false. People will levy things that aren't necessarily true. Um, I mean, I could give you the, the situation with Enzo Amore, for example, which 
that whole situation ended up costing him his job, and then come to find out it was all a hoax, it wasn't true, and then obviously he never made it back to the WWE. Well, shout out to Perry Hartman, congratulations on your wedding, and 127 Wrestling in Tennessee, we love you guys. Uh, they recently had Enzo on one of their shows, as well as Brian Pillman Jr. But, uh, but bro, it, it's hard for me, though. Like, I, obviously, you don't know till you know, but when things like this get thrown around, like the Ted DiBiase and, and, and uh, Velveteen Dream, I always i am a little bit more apprehensive with those individuals to show them my un, uh, unmitigated uh, support because now you've got that seed of doubt planted. And if you're going to want to talk and engage the fans constantly through social media and, and constantly bring up your personal life, this is something that Jim Cornette is very critical of, right? He's like, you don't want us to judge you by who you are as a person, but you want to tell us who you are as a person. He was very critical, I think, initially of uh, uh, Trisha Parker, a.k.a. Uh, Jordan Grace, for having both her real name and her worker name on her Twitter. But then... Jordan yeah. Grace was mad because people were, were criticizing something that she was doing in her real life. So she's putting it out there for everyone to see and criticize. Like, it, it, uh, um, popularity is a double-edged sword, right? So, And I'm not saying yeah. people are not unreasonable. Yeah. I mean, we see the situation with, with Sonya Deville. People are obviously are way out of pocket sometimes, Joe. But it's hard to ask for you to have it both ways. Like, you want me to follow you on social media so I can become a fan of you and follow you wherever you go? But you want me to ignore all the back stuff. It's, you know, it's a very, very tough topic. But I just, I want to warn everybody to not jump to conclusions. Let's wait for these things to play out, whether it be with Ted DiBiase or with Velveteen Dream, before we pass judgment. Because you know what? There's a good chance that maybe not everything we've heard so far is the complete story. I want to go ahead and leave it there, Joe, and move on to the next next, uh, topic, if you don't mind. Okay, absolutely. So, you know, uh, a WWE Battleground uh, a video, new WWE video game is coming up very, very soon. And they recently announced their roster. Now, how many wrestlers do you think are on this game, Renee? If, if you could make a guess, how many do you think that are, are going to be in this game? Okay, what's the name of the game again? WWE Battlegrounds. WWE Battlegrounds. Yes. It's kind of like... Now, is, even like a, is it a mobile game or is it like a, a cartridge game? Is it like a, a mobile no, or... No, no, it, it's, a, it, it, it's an actual game for the okay. PlayStation, the Xbox. It's kind of going to be like, uh, if you remember the game WWE All-Stars. Oh, I hated that game. I hated that game so much. I hated that game. I hated that game, Joe. How many wrestlers do I think are going to be on it? Uh, I yes. don't know. WWE's roster is incredible, so I'd say uh, 30, 30 to 40 superstars. <laughs> Try 134 characters. 134 <laughs> characters? 134 people. Just starting off, you know, you're going to have the likes of AJ Styles, Nakira, Alistair Black, Alexa, Alicia Fox, Andre, Apollo, Baron Corbin, Bailey. You're going to have Cesaro, Charlotte Flair, Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, you're going to have, you know, that Shawn Michaels, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. 
the Yokozuna, and then post-launch, you're going to have, you know, people like Alondra Blaze, uh, Christian, China, Joint the Clown, Earthquake, Typhoon. It's going to be crazy, dude. It's going to be crazy. 134 Oh, characters. that's rich. Oh, that's, that's really rich, Nightmare Jones. Let me, let me tell you something about hypocrisy. So, you can't put, okay, so China, China is in the Hall of Fame, right, as a member of DX, right? Am I, can someone confirm yeah. that? Yeah. China is in the Hall of Fame via DX, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. China was a big topic of controversy for a long time about whether or not she should be in the Hall of Fame. And the argument allegedly from WWE was, no, she shouldn't because of, you know, the Playboy thing and some of the other stuff that she had going on outside the professional wrestling world. As if other people have never done things of the like. But they won't put her in the WWE Hall of Fame as an individual superstar. But no, they can still put her in a video game and make money off of her. Copy that. I see where you sit, WWE. And you know where you sit? You sit in the chair that on the back... It says hypocrisy. That's the way that I look but she at it. Was also, she, she, she was also in, in the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she was also in the, the last WWE 2K, 2K game, uh, 2K20. She was one of the, the downloadable characters. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I don't <laughs> know how I feel about that, bro. They, they won't give my girl her props, but they still want to use her name to try to sell video games and merchandise. I, there's just something wrong with that, in my opinion, Joe. I, I don't know how else to feel about it. But as far as the game goes, I'm sorry. They need to rebound from last year's 2K. From all yeah. accounts, the game was trash, Joe. A lot of people were mad. Yeah. Lots of glitches. Lots of issues. So, in my opinion, bro, they got to do something to bounce back from that. They're, they're due. They're due to put something new out because, you know what? The reviews were not good last time they put out a video game. So this game better come yeah. out strong, and it better deliver. It, uh, better it deliver. definitely looks, looks uh, uh, awesome. You know, it takes me back to, to when I was a, a kid. They, they were two WWE, uh, WWF uh, arcade games that I absolutely loved. Uh, WWF WrestleFest and WWF Superstars. Those two games were absolutely amazing. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to play those games, but I, I absolutely Yes. Those games yeah. were absolutely amazing. I love them. I love them, I love them, I love them. My character was always Earthquake. Always Earthquake. Well, Joe, before we move on to our first featured guest of the evening, let me yeah. uh let me give you some props. Because you, okay. sir, are a man who puts his money where his mouth is. And I say that for this reason. Clearly, the WrestleTalk podcast is sponsoring the upcoming Black Wrestlers Matter event in, uh, in Iowa coming up this Saturday. Okay, we put our money where, we, where our mouth is together as a group. But we were talking about this commitment that you made to every month buy an independent wrestler's T-shirt. And mm-hmm. the first month, uh, the first month, I, I think you bought a shirt, great, every, you know, I'm sure they're very grateful for you buying it, but, but last week, I said, you know what, Joe, I have a suggestion, and, and you took that suggestion and you ran with it, and that suggestion was, instead of paying that money to get another t-shirt for yourself, why don't you donate it to 
the um, is like a Patreon or a GoFundMe to the recently deceased family, or I should say, the family of the recently deceased legendary Kamala, aka James Harris. And that's exactly what you went and did, Joe. You didn't even need me to remind you. So allow me to tip my cap to you, sir, for doing that and showing how generous and awesome you are, bro. Uh, I know Kamala is somebody that we all know, but listen, the guy didn't become a millionaire in wrestling. He he wrestled a long time ago, and, and he wrestled before the big checks started coming, at least for the most part, for most talent. So the fact that you went out of your way and did that, Joe, allowed me to applaud you and thank you, bro. I'm sure the family of Kamala, um, a.k.a. James Harris, is very grateful to you, and that just continues to, to, to me to show why you're such a great person and why it continues to be an honor to be your partner right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, bro. So again, I tip my cap to you, sir. Well done. Ah, uh, shucks. So see, see, that goes to prove that that the night out does like people from La Familia. <laughs> no, no, that has nothing. No, see, you had to go ruin it. Jeez, Louise, man. You know. Anyway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our first featured interview of the evening. If you're on hold, don't worry. We'll get you on. Hang tight. We've got to prioritize our guests, though. Nightmare Jones, why don't you go ahead and take away this interview, man? I know you're excited to talk to this young man, as am I. Take it away, my friend. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we get the opportunity to, to talk to a guy from you know, the great state of Georgia. You know, he's only been wrestling for about four years and he's already been just about everywhere, you know, from Sutherland Honor Wrestling to Dynamo Pro Wrestling to New South Pro Wrestling to Anarchy Wrestling, you know. He is absolutely amazing. You know, he, he's wrestling guys by the name of Lights Out Adrian Surge, which we're going to get into to that. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's our honor to bring on the one, the only... Kevin Ryan. amazing. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you all for giving me the opportunity on this platform to kind of release my story and tell some of the things I've done in my wrestling career, guys. Oh, absolutely. So, I guess that the one thing that I wanted to get into was you wrestled a guy by the name of Lights Out Adrian Surge to crown the first ever Mm -hmm. Fighting for Autism Midwest Regional Champion. What was it like wrestling against Adrian Surge, especially in a match of that caliber? Uh, so I did not know Adrian Surge that well before we had had this match planned. And I'd, uh, so I had heard about it, and I was, you know, I was excited, man. I always love any kind of opportunity. You know, I can get always work hard and try to push through on those. But uh, so I started watching this stuff, and I realized this guy was actually a talented, man. Like, he's a, a hell of a wrestler, man. He, he's just all over the place. I love his style, his, his charisma. Uh, what he wears the ring, like everything about him. Uh, so I go up to St. Louis and I meet Adrian for the first time. And I just want to say Adrian Surge is like one of the sweetest 
their life. Uh, so we go up there and we're talking and we're both just excited. You know, if there's a word to describe it, it's just, we are so excited for this opportunity. So we go into this and, uh, well, it, it kind of got messed up. So I did blood work and then got my licensing the week before. So I went up to the show and they did like the physical test or whatever. So you go up there and you get your test and I got my test about, maybe an hour before the show. We were, I think we were semi-main. So we do this test or whatever, and it's supposed to come back about my blood work and my licensing. So my licensing clear, you know, it's all good. And after the test is done, the doctor says, wait a minute, hold up for a second. And I'm like, okay, that's no big deal. And he's like, I don't have your blood work, which, like I said, we had sent a week before. And so, you know, we were kind of in a daze. You know, I wasn't really, I wasn't stressing it. I was just, just, I was like, okay, everything's going to work out. I'm here for a reason. It, it'll be okay. So we get through there, and literally halfway through the show, right before we go out, is when I finally got my blood work. And the doctor who does, like, WWE <laughs> testing, does AEW testing, things of that nature, he actually named uh, the test the Kevin Ryan test because he never wanted to forget that I was almost screwed out of my opportunity to wrestle Adrian Surge for the Dynamo Pro title. Wow. <laughs> That is is a, a crazy, crazy, crazy story. I mean, wow. You know, getting your blood test back at the last second. Wow. Man, you must have been sweating bullets. Yeah, it actually happened at the second one I went to also. So now, like, he named the test after me so it wouldn't happen again. I went back the next time, and then it also happened. But it all worked out at the wow. end. I got to wrestle. I wrestled James Brady at the second one. Uh, both matches were incredible. Awesome. Now, so you don't just, just real quick, Joe. Joe, I love what? it. Um, I, I think in comedy they call it a callback. Um, shout out to the young stunner James Brady and uh, his lovely lady Savannah Stone out in California, trying to make their dreams come true. The man. Shout out to you guys. He just he just released some music. Actually, y'all should go look up some of his music. And listen to it. Oh yeah, bro. He sings his ass off, dude. The kid, the kid's super talented. And, uh, you know, obviously he's from our area here in the Midwest. We, we wish him and Savannah Stone all the best. They went out to Cali to pursue their dream. And, and just like you, bro, I have no doubt that you guys are going to reach every goal you've ever set for yourselves and then some. I just wanted to make sure that I hit that call back because James Brady is a member of the WrestleTalk family. Go ahead, Joe. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, you know, Kevin, you, you, you're, you're not just a singles wrestler, but you're also a tag team wrestler with your tag team partner, Sean Christopher, in the uh, tag team known as uh, Race the Generation. Uh, can you tell mm-hmm. us about how Race the Generation came to be? Uh, well, just to not disrespectfully cut you off for a second, uh, actually, we were known as the Waste Generation, and we did run that for two years, and I'll go back to that. But now I'm in two groups, which is kind of weird, you know, for a wrestler, but I'll consider it just because it's interesting. Uh, but I'm in the Honor Society at Southern Honor with Cam Carter, Logan Chase, and Jordan Kingsley, who I've also tagged with for pretty much my whole career. But now, like, my main group, my main focus is the Akuto Death Society, which is myself, Sean Christopher as well, and then Chris Crunk. Uh, but uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. But uh, it started out, actually, uh, at the New South third anniversary show. So they had had this guy that Sean was tagging with, and his name was Jax. And he is a small guy, but he's very charismatic, hell of a guy. And 
concussion prone, which can't say anything because I have a concussion as of right now. Uh, but he was very concussion prone, and he just kept hurting himself over and over and over, just basically like the Dolph Ziggler thing where you get, like, the big push, and they would finally cut you. So uh, we got to the anniversary show, and Jax just could not make it. Like, it was just not going to happen. And I had heard of New South. I always thought it was, like, a real cool concept. Like, they were real big. They brought in, like, real cool names. You know, just overall a great company. And so Donnie Janella, if y'all know who that is, was asking me if was asking me if I was free for that day, and I was at first just going to work a singles match against Baron Black, uh, which I've done before, which was pretty good, you know, not to brag. But uh, he asked if I was open for that date, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll come up there." He's like, "You can help set up the ring or whatever." So I go up there and pay my dues. I set up the ring and I go talk to Dump. And it, at first, it was just me and Baron. And so then Dump and Donnie both had come up to me and said, hey, we want to actually use you regularly. We said They said that they had seen my work, and me and Donnie had wrestled 100 times at, like, Pro South in Alabama, and they said that we would love to put you and Sean together as a tag team. And at first it was just going to be a regular BS tag team, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. We'd tag for maybe three months, and that was pretty much the end of it. But then it, uh, within, like, the first maybe two weeks, we just got so many, like, notifications and people telling us that we needed to just stay together and keep it alive and get something going. And that's no disrespect to Jax. They still love Jax, but they said that you and Sean Christopher make this group uh, relevant, make it uh, exciting and something that they want to pay attention to. So. Wow. Yeah, you know, so I, I guess that, that my next question is, are you, you know, which do you prefer? Do you prefer tag team wrestling or singles wrestling, because, you know, you, you've been successful as a singles wrestler, you've been successful as a tag team wrestler. Uh, which one do I prefer? Yes. Uh, so that's kind of a hard question, because being a tag team wrestler, you know, has its setbacks in some ways, in my opinion, personally. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. Being a singles guy can also do that because, you know, there's there's sometimes you'll get like a, like I won the Southern Honor title. I won the AW. I was the youngest AWF champion. I wrestled for the Dynamo Pro title. Uh, and I, I had like uh, pretty, you know, okay matches. You know, the fans were getting real into them and things of that nature. Uh, but also like Sean has became like a brother to me. Like Sean has just became like my best friend as of now. And he's been my best friend for a year. I lived with Sean, you know, uh, so, like, I love singles wrestling. I think singles wrestling is something you have to have in professional wrestling uh, no matter what. The main event always needs to be the big main event field, needs to be one-on-one, and I, and I would love to do that anytime, anywhere. But as of right now, based on the success that me and Sean have had, uh, we've been to 13 different states. We've been to over 45 different promotions. We have won n- numerous uh, tag team championships wherever we went. So I would say, current, like, uh, overall, my the Southern Honor Championship singles-wise, but I think if I had to choose one, it would be tagging with Sean overall. Wow. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right, so uh, I I know that you have a bunch of questions, so the floor is yours, sir. I I do, and I I appreciate that, uh, Joe. A bunch of great questions. I'm going to see what I can do to follow that up. Well, so... Kevin, let me start off with this. Uh, I'm curious about the development of the persona. Um, in doing our research, I saw 
that you've kind of gone uh, undergone a little bit of an evolution throughout your career, even though you're still relatively new. But For sure. what I really thought was impressive, uh, and something I'd never heard before, was your moniker. And I first heard it uh, over at New Level Pro when you were uh, – not that this is when you started. It's when I first heard it. You had a match against uh, Charles Xanders, and they announced mm-hmm. you as high stakes Kevin Ryan. Can you talk to us a little bit about yes, that moniker and where it came from? Uh, yeah, of course. So, like, uh, growing up, I loved, like, Rob Van Dam, Jeff Hardy, you know, the guys that would do all the crazy shit, like even like a Kid Cash, uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, just, just all around uh, high-flying styles. And not even just a high-flying style, but people who, like, love to risk it all. And I always thought that was so cool, like, seeing like Rob Van Dam and ECW do like the springboard flip Hell to yeah. the crowd, which I, I've done. Or um, uh, like Jeff Hardy doing the swanton off the 20-foot ladder. So the time, I mean, it's stuff everybody knows, you know, in wrestling. And I was, I knew I was a small guy, so I couldn't go in there and be like, hey, I'm the big badass Kevin Ryan, even though I will play that, you know. Um, I just always told myself that I needed something that wasn't just going to get me into a mid-card level, you know. Uh, so I... I started off as High Stakes Kevin Ryan in Pro South, and we did that for a little while, but I don't think it actually became a thing until I did the Southern Honor Show. Uh, but then with Jeff Hardy being like Jeff freaking Hardy, you know, everybody loves Jeff Hardy. It's just how it is. Uh, I, I right. just always told myself, like, I want to be like that. I want to be that guy who just, like, who has that energy, who has that that crowd behind him, but will always take those risks that, you know, half that card probably would never do or even think about doing. And I think that's what made me stand out and make me have like a little bit of a breakout career at the beginning. Well, there, there's no doubt about it, man. And, and, you know, we took notice of that and that's why we were excited to have you on the show. And, and speaking of that particular match, uh, I saw that it was like a, a false count anywhere. I'm curious about that, man. Is there a particular stipulation that you would say is your favorite stipulation in a match? Uh, if I had, like, a um, my favorite stipulation. So, I have, like, I think I have more than probably one. So, breaking it down, right. I would probably say anything. Once, it, once again, it's the Jeff Hardy deal. So, pretty much anything to do with, like, ladders or tables, just something that's going to get the crowd, oh, like, yeah. excited, you know? Because I can pull yeah, out a kendo that. stick, and they're going to be like, oh, that's kind of cool. But if I break out a table and a ladder, they think it just elevates it. You know what I'm saying about that? Hell, yeah. <laughs> Anytime I see a table, I get fired up. What about you, Joe? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I, I love matches, you know, when when next thing you know, they go underneath the ring, and they're pulling out the uh, tables, and I'm like, yes, you know. So whenever I think see mm-hmm. like tables, I either think of Jeff Hardy or the Dudley Boys. Yeah, for sure, I always think of the Dudley Boys for tables. I definitely get that. <laughs> that that's dope, man. Well, you definitely keep giving the fans what they want. Uh, uh, speaking of the fans, uh, we were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago. I think you'll find this interesting. Uh, in watching a few okay. more of your matches, I, I saw that one of your go-to moves is – the super kick, right? Uh, you execute it very okay. well. You're very nimble. You're very fast. Okay, and, and and I think from what I've seen, you've got a pretty damn decent one. Where do you rank your super you. kick amongst super kicks 
in history? You think it's up there already? Oh, or uh, or where would you put yourself as far as, like, best super kicks ever? Better than Shawn Michaels, for sure. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, so, I don't, I don't know. That's such a weird question. Uh, I actually don't. I, I honestly don't like using the super kick because I'm like every other old piece of crap out there who's like, man, the super kick is overrated. Not overrated, sorry, but it's uh, overused. Uh, everybody yeah, uses no. it. It's just one of those things to where, like, it's cool to have and, like, people recognize it, so I like to have it. But I definitely don't think it's up there, like, with the best by any means. I think it's just one of those things I'll pull out every blue moon if it's there. Nice. So do you have a go-to move that you do think you're, like, you know – you're not, you're not maybe not the best, and we all have to be honest with ourselves, right, that we have strengths and weaknesses. What do you think is mm-hmm. your strength? What do you uh, consider your go-to move? Uh, so I have two of them. Uh, well, I have a bunch of them, but I would say two of them are what I would consider, you know, like the big moves, what I I'll always pull out, which would be like the 450 splash. You know, it's real, like, easy to do for me. Uh, a lot of people can't do it. There are some people who can do it. Uh, but there's also the top rope Spanish flaw that a lot of people don't do in the South, and it's one of those things that if you break out down here uh, where I'm from in Georgia, they bl- they jump out of their seats for it. So uh, either the 450 or the top rope Spanish fly for sure. I think it's just – I think the top rope Spanish fly is just one of those moves that are just, oh, my God, every time you hit it. Which, by the way, if you guys want to see all this stuff, it's really easy to find on uh, YouTube. Uh, we had no problems, and Kevin does a pretty good job of – of getting his stuff up on YouTube, whether it's the promotions or him. So make sure you guys look up uh, Kevin Ryan Wrestler on YouTube. That's how we found his stuff, and uh, it's absolutely also, outstanding. Also, IW, also the IWTV app here recently, the IWTV app has, has produced uh, Southern Honor and New South Wrestling, you know, and that and that's a big – those are two really huge companies that I work for right now that I feel like are uh, qualified to have a lot of my findings on it. So definitely use IWTV if possible, guys. Uh, we're big fans of uh, IWTV. I know Joe's got a subscription, and uh, I know, you know, watching Journey and St. Louis Anarchy and some of these other promotions here in the area is always uh, always the highlight of your week, right, Joey? Absolutely. I love going to uh, IWTV and seeing, uh, you know, all the new promotions that, that they have, you know, wrestling promotions that I don't get an opportunity to to watch, you know, so it's IWTV is absolutely awesome. And if you're a professional wrestling fan, if you don't have that, you need to get it because you will not be disappointed. For sure. 100%. For sure. Well, let, let me jump into my next question real quick here before I throw it back to my partner, Joe. Uh, shout out to my man, uh, John Faley, checking in from Florida. Man, love you to death, bro. Thank you for watching the show tonight. Don't forget to hit that like and share button. Uh, so, my final question before I throw it back to Joe is this. You have had mm-hmm. quite the career already within just a couple of years of getting started. What would you say are some yes, of your sir. career highlights, man? Have you been in the locker room uh, with some of, like, maybe the heroes that you grew up admiring? Have you had matches against some of these people? Can you maybe tell us a couple of road stories and some of the highlights that you've had so far? For sure, man. So, my biggest moment in wrestling, uh, I always say, is my Southern Honor Championship win, you know, because that was always real cool. Uh, but I think myself personally being in the ring uh, across from uh, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega and then we all battling at the same time like in the ring was like the coolest thing ever for me because I'm like the biggest wrestling fan I know, man. And like Chris Jericho is obviously one who, you know, 
made guys like us. You know, he's like a shorter guy, but also he had like our style and he busted his ass to make his name. And being in the ring with somebody like a caliber of Chris Jericho uh, blew my mind, man. And that's something I will never forget. That, it was incredible. Actually, uh, I'm, such a, I'm such a big fan that uh, in the back, uh, we'll break a little kayfabe here. In the back, all they told us was there's going to be a good guy and a bad guy in the ring. And they, they didn't even tell us that they were going to be there. So we're out in the – we we are uh, in the back watching through the curtain. And all I see is the lights go out, and I see Kenny Omega in the ring. And, and I'm not like uh, – Kenny Omega is also another one. You know, I look up to. He's incredible. But, like, I see Kenny Omega in the ring. And this is like a week before they do their uh, all-out pay-per-view. Or maybe all-in. It was one of the first – whichever one the first one was. I'm pretty sure it was all-in maybe. Um, but uh, Omega was in the ring. And I was like, holy shit, that's that's so cool. I was like – Oh, who could this bad guy go? You know, it could be probably one of our guys, you know, one of the bad guys that come out. And then uh, all of a sudden, I just see Chris freaking Jericho come out from the crowd and just attack Kenny Omega. And I was just thinking, like, holy shit, I'm about to get in the ring with these two guys. And, you know, call me a Mark, call me a fan, but we're all wrestling fans at the end of the day. That's why we're, we're all Marks, it. bro. <laughs> we're all Marks. <laughs> Crazy story, man. So that would, uh, that would definitely have... be the one. So, so to have that experience so early on, man, I can see why you're continuing to pursue your dream. That is, and of course, you're incredibly talented, man. Uh, that said, Joey, you, why don't you jump back in here, man? I don't want to be selfish. I know you had a couple more questions yeah. yourself, bro. Before we wrap this thing up, I do. You know, you know, you you talking about you know your uh, tag team wrestling, and as I was going through your matches, there's a tag team that keeps coming up that I see. They they name okay. the Talent Day Good Night. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. your issues with the Talladega Nights? Oh, I was waiting on this one. Uh, so, <laughs> so from pretty much day one of their career, we have been involved. Uh, their first ever match was against us. Uh, I, I could go on for days about this. So we wrestled them in a little, like, rundown shit show in Alabama, just like a one-off show. It was for my homie. He asked me to do it for him, and I said, of course. And so I, these guys had been doing a thing with Dump Sanders out of New South uh, where they're, like, called Thunder Child Security, where all they would do is Dump Sanders was, like, uh, the big baby face, and they were, these were, like, the two heel guys who were with Chris McKinnis, and they were all against Dump. But it, basically every time it was Dump Sanders would choke slam them, uh, and that was it. But it happened for, like, six months. And so they had never got offense in. So uh, we had had that show in Alabama – and they had come down, and they, they said that they were wrestling us. And we were like, man, that's really cool. But we wanted to make sure that they, you know, got a taste of wrestling instead of it just being like, hey, these guys are new. Let's beat their ass for no reason at all, you know. So uh, we did that. We uh, we had a really good match against them that led into us doing a feud at Pro South and actually led to all four of us being best friends. Um, so we did the show in Alabama. Then we went to Pro South and we wrestled. We got these guys at Pro South and they wrestled us numerous of times. We probably wrestled these guys uh, 50 to 60 times already within a year. So we uh, we did this thing at Pro South and then we all just kind of became like a clique. Like it was known as Kevin Ryan's clique, which was like real dope. And it was uh, me, Sean Christopher, uh, both the Talladega Knights, a guy named Sam, a guy named. Uh, Dooley, it was just a bunch of us. They were all like Kevin Ryan's clique. That was like the deal. That was what we wanted to be. Uh, and we all became best friends, and we were with each other every day for probably 
four months. We lived with each other uh, up and down the roads. We always traveled with each other. We got each other opportunities. Uh, we helped each other out. Me and Sean uh, took those guys under our wing, you know, because we saw a lot of them in us uh, when it comes to, like, passion. Because if there's one thing that Sean Christopher and I have, and I know for a fact, it's love for professional wrestling. Like, we love this shit more than anything in the entire world. And we saw that in them. We saw that they had, a, you know, a lot of, a lot of potential in wrestling. And like with, with like a all beef, Taller Franks being more like a Sean, I saw a Hunter uh, being me, you know. And so we all became best friends, and we were best friends for a long time. And then Hunter got Kenzie Page, and he uh, started dating Kenzie, uh, and they moved in together. And within like the first three months of them living together, everything kind of fell apart, but in like a in an okay way, you know, to where he was dating Kenzie and he lived up in Sevierville, Tennessee, which he still lives. Congratulations, guys. Uh, but then we all just kind of like broke apart. But then that, that kind of created hard feelings, you know, in the sense of like we took you under our wing. You know, we did all this stuff for you. Now you're wrestling guys like, like Hunter Drake's wrestling guys like uh, Jordan Oliver. He just got done wrestling him. And it, it's almost like they forget about us. They almost forget about where they come from. And I think that's what's kind of stimulated the beef no pun intended with all beef, at New South. I think that's kind of what has driven this feud and what's made it such a good story. I, th I think it's the best story we've been involved in, and I do believe that it, it is, if not the best story, it is one of the best New South stories they've ever had. Um, but, man, just all around amazing. Uh, we just did a match, actually. At, that's how I got the concussion. We just did a match at Top Shelf in Alabama at the Furniture Factory for New South. Uh, and we did, uh, it's called Last Time Ever. We had this dope-ass hype package. It reminded me of, like, a 2005 pay-per-view-style WWE uh, hype package. So that was, like, yeah. real cool. Yeah, dude. And so we had this, like, we had this dope-ass match where we used, like, you know, us being freaking idiots. We used thumbtacks, and we stabbed chairs, and we used kendo sticks, and we did this dope-ass four-way Spanish fly, like, off the top rope where all of us was on it. Like, uh, I... I definitely owe a piece of my career to those guys, especially like here recently, because they've definitely, we've elevated each other. And I'm, I'm so happy for those guys as much as we have beef or whatever in the back. Uh, I'm so proud and happy for those guys and what they've done at JPWA. They're graduating Friday, actually, and I wrestle Hunter in a tables, ladders, and chairs match at KFW. Wow. Yeah, man, it's wild. I, I'm telling you, dude, I could do a whole podcast on this. It, we've had so many great oh. times. Oh, yeah. Well, well you know it, what, it, you know, you know, But uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Sorry. No. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Well, what I was going to say is this. Kevin, we, without a doubt, after 310 episodes, this is, this is our 311th episode, we can, without a doubt, mm -hmm. sense when people have that, um, that like, spirit of attraction. Uh, just through talking Thanks. to, uh, yeah, yeah, just through talking to, to mutual friends, mutual people in the business that we both know, watching you on YouTube, seeing some of your promos and your activity on social media, we knew you were going to be a freaking gem. And, and I've seen you, just in the videos that I've watched, I've seen you go out there be a good guy. You do that tremendously. And I've also seen you kind of yes, be sir. on the other side of things. And clearly, sure. you have the ability, man. And that's why we were so excited to talk to you. And let me just say, um, we are not disappointed. We've gotten a lot of great feedback during the live feed. So before we let you go, we're going to ask you to join yes, us and, and to maybe bring out a little bit of that fire, a little bit of that charisma 
in what we call the Wrestle Talk Podcast Shoot and Shout segment. Joe will explain how it okay. goes down, but we are going to definitely need you to harness a little bit of that energy, a little bit of that charisma, a little bit of, of that trash talking that you're so well known mm-hmm. for during this segment. Before Joe breaks everything down, man, will you do us the honor and join us? Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, Joe. Uh, uh, go ahead and break it down. Right, so, and then Hardcore Haas, be ready with that music. So basically what, what the Shoot and Shout segment is, is we're going to play a little bit of music. Once your music ends, I'm going to go. Renee's going to go. And then you're going to end it out. And we just need you to bring the fire of whatever is pissing Kevin Ryan off. Whether it's wrestling related, whether it's, you know, there's too much ale in the bag of potato chips, whatever that it is. That's definitely one of them. That's so, definitely a hot point of one. I'll definitely tell you that right now. <laughs> awesome. So, Hustle Hustle, if you could play that music, please. Kansas 
City is Emo's Pizza. Every time I go to St. Louis, yeah, bro, y'all got that barbecue, but you don't got Emo's, you don't have these toasted wraps, you don't have this, you don't have that. Well, guess what? I was going down Rainbow Boulevard in Kansas City, Kansas, just earlier this week, and guess what they're building right on Rainbow Boulevard? An effing Emo's Pizza. So to all the homies in St. Louis, you can suck it, because now Kansas City, not only do we have a football team, right, that happens to be the world champions, we also now have an Emo's Pizza. So all of you who've been talking trash about Emo's and the Toast of Rabs and all that delicious stuff that they sell, which, by the way, Kevin, next time you go to St. Louis, make sure you stop by Emo's. I'll be there in November. Dude, it's fire. It's fire, for real. But ha! St. Louis, take that. And that's why I shoot and shout. I'm sorry. Kevin Ryan, the floor is yours. <laughs> uh. Uh, so I'll kind of go with Joe a little bit on this. Uh, I do agree that wrestling fans are so fucking unhappy with everything. You know, like they're, they're, they constantly beg and beg and beg and beg for something new. Uh, they talk about WWE's old, you know, and sometimes, you know, it can be whatever. You know, I'm always a day one diehard WWE guy, but I, I see what they're saying sometimes. So then Cody Rhodes being the incredible guy he is and being the son of Dusty Rhodes, one of the most famous promoters alive. Uh, and wrestlers in general, you know, created that alternative. And he has gr- amazing talent, including like a Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, you know, and, and they busted their ass to make that name. And yet all you see on social media is people constantly bitching and crying and, and shitting on somebody or saying this guy should go here and this guy should go here. Well, how about you just watch the fucking product and enjoy it? If you don't want to be a wrestling fan, cool, don't. You know, go watch Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or play the fucking game or something. Don't watch wrestling. It's not that hard. You know, like like Joe said, there are plenty of alternatives, you know, along with like a an independent wrestling with like New South or Southern Honor or Anarchy Wrestling, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, but, man, just fucking watch it and enjoy it. That's what we all do. That's why we grew up watching it. We didn't grow up to bitch about it. I think social media has ruined professional wrestling. It's got a lot of people's names out there, but it's also got a lot of people in the shit, you know. But another one, uh, that's just a quick cover on that, but another one that I really feel strong about is put – your motherfucking mask on. Keep those masks on. You're, everybody wants to say, you know, I love wrestling. I want to I want to do independent wrestling. I want to go to these shows. I want to watch it. I want to enjoy it. I can't wait to go to a WrestleMania again. I can't wait to do this and do that. Put your mask on. It's not that hard. I get it. It's hard to breathe sometimes. But you know what? Life sucks. It's just one of those things you're going to have to do. But I'm sick and freaking tired of sitting here watching companies, you know, go under and getting shit the bed, or even the world in general. A lot of these, like, local places getting shut down or small businesses getting cut because some jabron out there who's too good to breathe in a freaking mask wants to say F the world and screw everybody else's chances over it. The hell with that. Give people give people what they want. Put on a mask for a few days. Japan did it. Look where they're at. They're back with tons of freaking audience, you know, and, and do that. It's, it's not that hard to put a mask on your face for a certain amount of time in a certain location when literally you can go in there for 10 minutes, wear the mask, go out, and take it off. You know, it's not that hard. I beg and plead to put your mask on so we can get rid of this bullshit COVID and we can go back to loving life and professional wrestling like it should be. Oh, my God! <laughs> I love it. I'm a, I'm a big Joey Styles guy. I love that. Dude, no, bro. And we don't hit that all the time, bro. You go back and listen to some of the shows. We only hit that when it's justified. And that's why they call him high-stakes Kevin Ryan, hailing from the beautiful, yes, 
wonderful state of Georgia, baby, as the tour of the United States continues on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Kevin, before you go, two things, man. Number one, welcome as yep. the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family, and please tell the people Thank where you, they man. can follow you on social. Well, real quick, uh, so we covered the moniker of high stakes, Kevin Ryan, but currently uh, I still do the high stakes things, and I still will use that sometimes, but currently as of this time, I'm known as brain dead Kevin Ryan, and it's almost like an example of the way I want to leave my opponents and to how much I just don't give a, I don't give a shit about the world. You know, that, that's what makes my bad guy character so good right now is I just don't give a shit about what you think, what I do. I will do what I do. I will make my own rules. Uh, with that being said, on Twitter and Instagram, on Twitter and Instagram, yes sir, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Kevin Ryan ADS. Uh, on Facebook, just look up Kevin Ryan. You know, if you want to hit the follow button, that'd be cool. If not, screw it. Don't worry about it. Um, but that's where you can Store find show. me. Also on Store Frontier, Flash, Brain Dead. Go on there, buy every set of merchandise on there, and make me a rich, happy, and respected man, dude. That's all I ask. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Joe, any final thoughts for Brain Dead? Oh, man. Just thank you for t- taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the uh, podcast. You are now a member of the Wrestle Talk podcast, and all we ask is that you do not be a stranger and you agree to come on at some other time in the uh, the, the yes, in near future because we'd love to be able to talk to you again, sir. I will say uh, I appreciate y'all as podcast hosts, especially because, you know, you know, you get these guys asking to come on podcasts, and that's why I don't do a lot of them in general is because they'll ask you to come on, and then they don't know anything about you, and they ask you the generic, what's your finisher move, or uh, how many WWE championships have you won? Like, the stupid shit like that, you know? So I very much appreciate and respect that y'all have done y'all's research and actually took time to figure out who I am as a human, and I will 100% love to come back on this show, and I thank y'all for y'all's hospitality and how respectful y'all have been. Well, well, thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you. No, no doubt. And, and I will say this, bro. You're going to dig this. So we have, like, this weird thing about the show that – Usually guys come on and a few months later, if not like a year later, uh, good things happen. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen with you. I have a good feeling. But, dude, we had um, ACH before he went to New Japan, which uh, shout out to ACH, Black Wrestlers Matter. Y'all know what's up. Um, We had Punishment Martinez uh, on the show. And uh, not too long after that, he ended up in NXT. He was doing pretty well for himself already at Ring of Honor, obviously. And then, you know, the kid that does, like, the songs, the rap songs for NXT, Josiah Williams, he was on with us, like, three days, three days before he got got flown down to Orlando and signed with WWE. I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to be one of those guys, bro. Don't don't forget about your homies over here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, all right? Always, man. Thanks a lot, man. Nothing but love and respect. Uh, Hey, you take it easy. Yes, sir. Adios. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Kevin Ryan. Man, what an interview. What a freaking interview. Dude, he's got it going on on every level. I've seen his matches. I've seen his promos. Uh, He's got a good rep in the business from some of the guys that I've talked to that I know down in Georgia. And and now getting an opportunity to talk to him. It's just about him staying healthy and just working his ass off, bro. Got no doubt. This dude, this dude's already worked with like Robert Gibson and stuff like that. We didn't even cover any of that. So again, guys, make sure you look up Kevin Ryan on social media platforms. And if you want to do one even better, 
make sure you go out uh, to one of his upcoming shows because, trust me, you will not be disappointed. Joe, go ahead and finish taking us to break, man. Sorry about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been a great, great, great first hour. Uh, hardcore Hots, get that music ready. Uh, we'll, we'll, why don't you play Cool and Break for us? Hardcore Hots, so go ahead yeah, and get that, that music maybe. ready. And we will be back in two minutes and 22 seconds with the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee and the FWWC segment. Hardcore Hots, hit that music for me. Turn it up, baby. Let's go. Turn it up. Me tomorrow, I'll tell you the same thing. If you ain't what is up the damn thing? Yeah, they just ask me what I'm doing. So I tell them that I'm going. Yeah, they ask me what I'm doing. So I tell them that I'm going. About to make a ring, grab your ponchos. But don't you touch my chips and cheese because it's not Joe's. And now I got lettuce, so I got tacos. So now I got more greens than a taco. So I got your top yeah, I mean your top chicks Got a legs in the house Like to get the top I'll even eat an Asian broad So I need some chopsticks Everybody gon' say it's rockin' when I drop this <laughs> Call them riding with like four bitches And then I leave the club and probably have more bitches And I don't play a sport but guarantee the four digits And then I reel them in That's more bitches I love Mary Jane, just call me Spider-Man And then we gon' twist it all, I need the lighter man Hit it with me, y'all, you go out to do it They all hitting my phone and I say I'm probably gonna come out I'm just pulling with my gang name From the end of Mary Jane, take it to the brain bang. Ask me tomorrow, I'll tell you the same thing If you ain't what is up the damn thing Yeah, they just ask me what I'm doing So I tell them that I'm coolin' Any that I'm sippin' in the blunt that I'm pullin' Old school caddy, that's a whip that I pull in Ballet park, you ain't even gotta pull in And I'm chillin' at the club My niggas just flexin' the paper like a limo Cause that shit is on stretch Chillin' at the party, sippin' a full loco Run it like Reggie Bush back in the Rose Bowl My team ball, I don't have time to coach yo Try to act good in my hood, that's a no-no when you cross that Brooklyn Breeze, better back it up. Back it up. Do some mess with Benji's, now we backing up. Uh, yeah, I know you a rapper, but you back as fuck. Yeah, I've been dropped, yeah, I've been flopped, now you out of luck. Package your way, your navigator coming out the truck. Fresh Nike sneakers on, we going out the truck. I'm just pulling with my gang name. Funny, yeah, the Mary Jane, take it to the brain, dang. Ask me tomorrow, tell you the same thing. Cause you ain't what is up the damn thing. Yo, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night Owl, Nightmare Jones, and all the best guests. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night of the prom. Woo! Man, what the first hour of the 
hour, ladies and gentlemen. Now it is time for the FWWC segment. And if you don't understand exactly what's going on, the FWWC is is our fantasy wrestling group. Uh, you got fantasy baseball, football, basketball, everything. But now you got fantasy wrestling. Uh, we cut promos. Well, we we do uh, pickums for uh, our championship belts. Uh, SummerSlam is right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. So if you've never gone to a SummerSlam watch party, and if you are uh, near the Kansas City area, or even if you're not, I would still take the drive to go to this watch party because it's going to be one heck of a time. Would you not agree, Night Owl? Dude, I agree 100%. A big shout-out once again to eSports Bar KC for hosting. Listen, guys, I know there's a lot of places in the country that are shut down. There's a lot of places that are open that are in the process of being shut down. But eSports Bar is continuing to try to stay afloat as a small minority-owned business. And to be genuine, Joe, I was contemplating, like, canceling the event because of how many restrictions there are. But since I work in the janitorial world, I know exactly what uh, remediation methods we need to use. And Bevo has been open now for a couple of weeks, so he's developed some tactics to make sure that we're observing and respecting all social distancing and sanitation requirements in the great state of Kansas. Plus, how messed up would it be if we are abandoned, our boy B-Will, when he needs us most, Jonesy? Small businesses are suffering right now, and it would be ridiculous in my opinion. Shout out to my lovely wife. Love you, baby. It would be ridiculous if we chose this moment when his business is the most vulnerable to not show support. So big shout-out to Esports Bar KC, Royal Mills Transportation, and, of course, I-70 Sports Media, our beautiful, wonderful, amazing partners and sponsors. All that said, guys, it is time. And I'm going to make sure that we go through every caller tonight. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and shut my mouth right now, and I'm going to go ahead and bring on a guy who's got a bone to pick, who not only with the FWWC, but he's got a bone to pick with La Familia overall. And he told me if there's any La Familia shenanigans tonight, to just go ahead and bring him on so he can take control. So we'll see how it goes, but just know I've got my finger on the button, and if you La Familia people think you're going to come in here and take over this segment again, you're sadly mistaken because I've got a plan A. <laughs> Just wait and see. Now, hoping that this is going to go according to plan, let's bring on one half of the former FWWC Tag Team Champions, also former FWWC Hardcore Champ, or is it United States Champ? I think it was United States Champ. A man who actually can brag about having a win over El Matarata's Ladies and germs, hailing from Crystal Lake, not Jason, but Mike Voorhees. Hell yeah. It's the one, the only Voorhees. And yes, I do have a win over Elmana. And SummerSlam is approaching. 
And I heard that I was in a special match known as the Golden Briefcase. Is that correct, Night Owl? Well, you know what, Voorhees? I I can speculate, and, and I can confirm, as a matter of fact, but I think it's only proper that you ask that question to the first ever female general manager in FWWC history, the one and only general manager, Sister Hoff. So, Voorhees, can you repeat your question for the lady in the front? Uh, the GM of Inferno, am I in that golden briefcase matchup? And if yes, I am, Mr. I will let you know this. When I win that match... At SummerSlam, I will use it for any championship match of my pleasing. And there will no, be... no, no, no. Correction, correction, Mr. Voorhees. Yes, you are in that match, but that particular match only allows you to do a championship on our brand. It does not allow you to do cross-brand matches, which means you cannot use it for the Spartans' heart match. You cannot use it in the next Warriors' heart match, and you cannot use it for a tag team championship. But you can use it for a Legends title. You can use it for the U.S. title. You can use it for any title that is not settled in a cross-brand match. Now, is there another question for it? No, that's just fine by me. So listen up to those champions that she just mentioned. I'm going to put your head on a stick. Okay, Voorhees, I I need you to just tone it down a little bit with the threats of bodily harm. I I do want to ask you this question. So this past week, you were in action, and I know you're preparing for SummerSlam. I'm curious. What do you think about some of the new people? Jessica Flowers, Lucky the Lucha Warrior, Rage, and even KOB, the, the, the Bandit of Bleach style. What do you think about some of these free agents running around the FWWC right now? Do you think they got any potential? Yes, they do. But you need to put them in a match against me. I'll take it any way that I can get it. A handicap match would be nice. A handicap match? Yes, the three wow. of them versus me. Three of them versus you. Well, I'm sure there are plenty of general managers, particularly your own, that would be willing to consider that offer. What I will say is this, though, Voorhees. Don't you think you're biting off a little bit more than you can chew? I don't think so. But you know what? It's time for them to prove who they really are. And the way that that would be is to put them three against me. 
and then not in just any mess, lock them in a cage with me so they don't escape. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sending a message right now to the free agents letting them know that the issue or the match has been laid and that the challenge has been issued. Voorhees, really do appreciate you joining us on the show tonight, man. Any final thoughts before we move on to the next call? I will see you, everyone, at SummerSlam. And right now, look behind you. Because I'm looking deadly at you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is the one and only Voorhees. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get back with Sister Haas here, and then we'll move on to some rise, folks, because we got quite a few of them on hold right now. Uh, Hardcore Hoss, I believe we have an identified uh, ending in 4059. If you could check on that for me, I would really appreciate it. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, is Sista Hoss. We heard from just a couple of moments ago. We heard from just a couple of moments ago. And clearly, and clearly, we have a lot more business to handle than just the situation with Voorhees. Sister Hoss, you're getting ready to go into the biggest pay-per-view of the summer, the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. How is Inferno preparing to make sure that you guys come out on top? Oh, we are going to be on top. Let me let me tell you about some of the matches we got going there. You know, of course, we're having that Warriors Heart match, and our bishop is going to be defending that title. Plus, Battle Cat from our team is going to be in that match. You know, and of course... From, Infer- uh, from Infinite, you're going to have Mr. Swag and James Butkus. But then you have Daniel Grimm, Arden Murphy, and El Diablo from Rise. That is going to be a wild match. And I know Bishop is going to come out on top. And if by chance he doesn't, then the Battle Cat will bring it home. One of the two of those gentlemen will be bringing that title back to the, to the Inferno team. You know, and then you've got your Spartans Heart match where Daniel Grimm, Madman Joe, and Big T, again, Madman Joe is going to bring that title back to the Inferno brand. Now, I, I know it. For you, Feel it. Sure? I have a question for you. So when it comes to Big T the Paisan, just yesterday uh, we saw that he was unavailable to compete. Uh, he forfeited his match. Then he's got a match against Sunny Money Mayo at SummerSlam as well, and then now he's, he's got this match that you just mentioned. Are you, um, by any chance, feeling extra confident as you see somebody like Big T not necessarily hitting their stride when it matters the most? I'm curious about what your thoughts on that uh, happen to be. You know, let me, let me tell you my thoughts on Big T as a, as a whole. You know, I think the T in Big T stands for tantrum. Because nine out of ten times, if he doesn't like something, he throws a tantrum. And then he takes his ball, and he goes home. He comes back the next day. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Well, you know what? Big T is unreliable. And this match with him and Mayo, I haven't even heard a whole lot out of him about it. He's obviously not too worried about it, and it's not something you want to do. You know, 
as a La Familia member and a brother, or actually a sister, I'm sorry, to Money Mayo, I can tell you this. Big T better be worried because when it comes to that match, I can see Money Mayo wiping the mat with Big T. And then he won't have a chance to make it to that Spartan's Heart match because he's going to be taken care of by Money Mayo before he even gets that chance. And then any other matches he has, well, if he couldn't show up Monday night, what makes you think he'll show up any other night? My money is on him being a no-show and everything. Well, wait a minute. Looks like we have a little bit. What the hell is going on here? All right, well, Sister Hawk, uh, we're slated to have on Heel Heel next, but there's a gentleman who says that he's been waiting since the beginning of the show to have a couple of words with you. All I know is that his initials are A.W. A.W., are you on the line, and what is it that you need to say to Sister Hoss? You bet I am. You know what, sis? You call Big T tantrum? You know what I call, sis? Self-inflicting sisterhood of the traveling pants, okay? Are you a retard? I I mean, you don't even make sense. You know, you see uh, in that chat room, yeah, the, you run your yeah, mouth well, about La Familia. You have not what? a clue who La Familia or Sister Haas is. But if you want to run what? your mouth and you want to say something, why don't oh, you step in the ring? That's, that's, that's great, sis. That, that's all in work for me in the 21st century, and my brain's still in yours back in the 18th century, okay? It's just – what what is that, La okay, Familia? Well, what is that, Vicky Guerrero? A.W., A.W., just, just quick here. You, 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 you're definitely appreciated because I very much am grateful that somebody's helping me stand up against the tyranny of La Familia. But you, you seem to have an issue with this faction. But, you know, you've been called out by Sid because you're not willing to step in the FWWC universe and compete. So I guess my question to you is, are you willing to put your money where your mouth is and step into the FWWC and, and and prove what you're worth because you know what I really appreciate the backup because I'm just as sick as La Familia as the next guy but but you got to be able to back up the smack talk. Uh, are you willing or are you interested in possibly joining the FWWC? You know, I would too, but I can't because I got another problem with PYT Incorporated. I mean, Playboy Double H. What is that like the Playboy Mansion all of a sudden? And you got Pip Lau, who sadly needs to walk on a cane. And Virgil Holmes, eh, he looks like a bunny. Then Ray Reigns, eh, he's a pretty good guy from St. Louis. And curse me, hey, how you doing? Like Hot Chocolate? Yeah, like Steve Urkel. And then you got Jason Hubbard. That's the guys that call me and Roman Reigns both cowards. But let me tell you something about him. Roman Reigns is a WWE superstar and a Grand Slam champion. And you have the balls to say that to him in front of me? I don't think so, Playboy. Because what you're about to see in World Powers Wrestling, when it comes September 12th, you realize I'm not going to be alone. And by the way, PYT, you know what the P stands for? Pepto. Typical Mark runs his mouth and runs away when a challenge is made. 
If you can't step in the ring against Hardcore Sis, the first female to ever hold the Hardcore title in the FWWC, the first female to ever be a GM, I set bars. I move those bars. And if you're not man enough to step in an FWWC ring with me, then you need to shut your mouth. Because Hardcore Sis is somebody you don't want to cross. Never cross a hoss. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting action here in the FWWC segment. And the show is only getting better because we are three minutes and 30 seconds away from our second featured guest of the evening. That's right, amigos. Shogun Chris Logan, who's going to be in the house this upcoming Saturday in Des Moines, Iowa, for Black Wrestlers Matter. We're proud sponsors. We've already talked to Jocelyn. We've talked to... uh, um, um, the wonderful, super talented Camaro Jackson of Alpha Omega. And we're going to be talking to the Shogun here in just a couple of moments. So, But before we get there, allow me to bring on one final caller, hailing from the beautiful country up north. Some of you guys know it as Canada, okay? Some of you guys know it as the hockey capital of the world. But this guy, well, he knows it like he knows himself, as Mr. Number One, the RISE General Manager, Heel Deal. Sir, the floor is yours. Well, thank you for having me on, Night Owl. The Heel Deal will not take up any of your time. No, he'll just boost your ratings and then go. Now, all the heel deal is here to do is he wants to make sure the world, the FWWC, knows that SummerSlam is Sunday. I know we've been talking about it, but I want to make sure they know about the matches, the key matches, the true, the true main event. Okay, yes, the Warriors Heart Championship is on the line, most prestigious belt in our organization. But don't forget, don't forget, the World Championship is on the line. And when we're talking about just the individual brands, we're not going to talk about the group as a whole. We're going to take away the Warriors Heart match for just one minute. Please, just one second. Just one second. And we're talking about which brand, which brand is putting forth the best individual main event. It is going to be the Rise brand when El Luchador, the Kansas City, has his first defense of the coveted, the beautiful, but too sweet FWWC World Championship against its very first holder. Its very first holder, El Diablo. And there's a lot of history. There's a lot of history. El Luchador, the Kansas City, Got that opportunity by winning the Rise Ring. He defended that Rise Ring against El Diablo. And now we'll see if he can defend that belt on Sunday. So tune in, FWWC, to see the best main event that any of the three brands are presenting. And that's for the World Championship, baby. Well, he'll deal. I got about 15 seconds before I got to bring on the Shogun. And trust me, he's not a man that likes to be made to wait. Here's my final question. I've heard rumors. I've heard innuendos. Will the heel deal, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, participate in the FWWC Dark Realm Trios Tournament? That is a yes or no question, sir. Boom, baby. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Take it as you will. Jonesy, welcome back to the broadcast. 
promotions. Uh, you have a pretty damn awesome career here in the Midwest as a commentator. Uh, I'd like to believe we have one of the most successful podcasts, pro wrestling podcasts, in the Midwest as well. But when it comes to everything I've done in professional wrestling, there are a few things that compare to my experience in the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. If you are physically, mentally, financially, or circumstantially unable to live out your dream to become a, a real professional wrestler, like our guest Kevin Ryan, or like the Shogun Chris Logan, don't let that stop you. There is an alternative, and it's called the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. It is not your daddy's e-fed by a long shot. If you're interested, make sure you visit WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling to start your career today. All that said, Josie, I'm going to have you back in here. If you could please do me yes. a favor and help me with the introduction for the one and only Shogun, Chris Logan. One second, Nidal. One second. You know, you made a comment that 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 that, that kind of upset the Nightmare Jones over you. You were talking about this pizza place and how great that it was. How can you disrespect Minsky's like that, man? How can you disrespect well, listen, Minsky's Joe. like that? <laughs> listen, listen. And, and we're gonna ask Shogun about this. Listen, we're gonna ask Shogun about this because he's had emos. He's wrestled in the St. Louis area many, many times. I'm not saying emos is better than Minsky's. What I'm saying is there is now an emos in Kansas City. They're building it as we speak. And that's about one of the few things that the St. Louis people had against me. They sure as hell can't talk trash when it comes to professional football, okay? Because we already know who the kings are in that. But no, they're like, well, you don't have any emos. What do we do now? I'm not even saying it's better than Minsky's, bro. What I'm saying is I'm taking that away from them. They can no longer have that. St. Louis, you can no longer have that. Because there is now, before the end of 2020, going to be an emos in Kansas City. So I don't want to hear nothing else about that. Rick Price, Marjo Kirby, and the rest of you freaking St. Louis lunatics that like to talk your trash. So there you go, Jonesy. I hope that helps clarify things a little bit. It does. It does. All right, so <laughs> Let's get into the intro, bro. Let's go. This next gentleman that we are bringing on started professional wrestling career 11 years ago. 11 years he's been wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. He's been absolutely everywhere. Known as the innovator of South Side Strong Style Wrestling. I gotta ask him what that what exactly that is. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy has wrestled just about everybody you can think of. And ladies and gentlemen, it is our honor and privilege to bring on the one and only Shogun Chris Logan. Let that play. Let that play. Shogun. Yeah. Show up. <laughs> Show up. <laughs> Thank you guys. 
this show. I really we appreciate it. Okay. I, I, I 
absolutely. So you've been wrestling for, you know, over, over 13 years now, or 11 years now, I, I, I should, should say. What exactly got you involved in professional wrestling? What got involved was uh, I, being a martial artist since I was a kid, I always loved martial arts, and I always saw professional wrestling as a martial art. One day while I'm at work, me being a police officer in the south side of Chicago, uh, we were working an area, and I mentioned that Wendy City Pro Wrestling was in the area, and the partner I was working with that day, he was my training officer. He was telling me that he knew Sam DeCero and that he can introduce me to him. Well, we pulled up to the gym and walked in, and I met Sam DeCero, shook his hand, and he was like, hey, you want to want to try this? I said, yeah, I would love to learn the art of professional wrestling. And I was in 2009, uh, and in fact, it was a, I started the second, the first weekend of January in 2009, and that's how I got into it. Wow, absolutely! That, that's an absolute amazing story. Uh, Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that uh, you have? I know you have a lot of questions. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. So I got a lot of different questions that I want to ask. But first, let me just give a quick shout-out. We got a lot of people watching on tonight's live feed. Thank you for being here. Uh, huge shout-out to Berwyn. Uh, huge shout-out to Jackson Park, Hyde Park, uh, Fuller Park, and Franklin Park. Uh, anybody from the Chicago area knows what I'm talking about, and if you don't, it's okay. You can look it up. <laughs> uh, first yeah. thing for you, Chris, uh, being a native Chicagoan, what do you put on your Chicago dog? Mustard, onions, sport peppers, celery salt, tomatoes. That's it. You don't put anything else <laughs> do on a Chicago style hot dog. Oh, man said that's it. Bro, how, that's how it. Do you, when you go outside of Chicago and you see people just put ketchup and mustard, does it like offend you a little bit? I'm curious. It disgusts me. It disgusts me. Like, who, who puts ketchup on a hot dog? <laughs> you must be a commoner. You, you, if you're you, from Chicago, you don't, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. I absolutely yeah. agree. Uh, let, let me let me move on and, and ask you about this. Uh, clearly, uh, from my perspective, you live a little bit of a Batman lifestyle. During the day, <laughs> you're you – know, and, and listen, it's crazy, right, because we don't have a lot of people that, that operate in the same profession. We have – we have a lot of people that come on that they're pastors and wrestlers. We have a lot of people that they're just laborers and wrestlers. A lot of people that do, you know, ins and outs, odd jobs and wrestlers. But you happen to be a police officer and also a wrestler. I'm curious, have those things ever, uh, like, in your mind, at least personally, have they ever clashed with each other? Uh, or have Never. You, do you feel like, like one complements the other, just out of curiosity? More like more one complements the other. I've never had any kind of clash. Being a police officer and being a professional wrestler, let's be real. There's there are two characters. There's Officer Williams, and there is Shogun, and there's just me, Chris. So I, I differentiate between those three characters, but one helps out the other. Uh, being a professional wrestler, being in front of a crowd of, of, a, of a bunch of people, if I can wrestle in some spandex in front of people, I think I can work the streets of Chicago and talk to people. Right now, I'm actually an instructor at the police academy. My job is to teach other police officers. I'm an instructor to other officers. I teach implicit bias, procedural justice, Fourth Amendment rights, use of force, and de-escalation skills. So me being a professional wrestler, uh, it goes into 
when I teach other officers and to deliver a message of how to treat the public, how the public wants to be seen, um, how we can make a uh, connection between police officers and the community. So that's what I've been. That's that's what my job is right now. So that's how wrestling compliments. It, it helps my officer Williams stand out more. No doubt about it. And the charisma is obviously there to to be able to walk out in spandex and feel confident and win people over. Uh, you know, in, in a hostile crowd, has got to be uh, fairly similar in a certain uh, sense to going out into the neighborhoods of the South Side of Chicago. Uh, in in a, in a different getup, right, in, in the blue uh, in, in, in navy blue, and to try to win over people in the neighborhood, I just find it such a, such an intriguing dynamic. I, I'm curious, and, and I'm going to stray a little bit from wrestling because I think it's such a relevant topic. Um, so you said that you work in de-escalation. Being from the south side of Chicago, we, we across the nation we hear constantly stuff being thrown out, about, you know, what's going on in Chicago and the murder rates and things like that. What are the officers on the front lines doing, um, you especially as an instructor, to try to quell and, and to settle some of the tension and animosity that's going on in this country as we seemingly and unfortunately happen to be so divided? Well, that goes back into creating a a bridge with the community. The only way we can solve any of these crimes. Only way these shootings will go down if we create a bridge with the community, and that's what we've been doing. We've been creating a bridge again, talking with people, getting out of squad cars, walking up to people, talking to them, getting to know them. That is what's helping us. And that's what a lot of officers have been doing on the front line for years. A lot of officers have already been doing the escalation skills. In fact, since the program that the Chicago Police started, Police Department has started, majority of our numbers when it comes to uh, tactical response reports and or CR numbers, complaint reports against us, they have drastically declined in the past four years because of the teachings that we're giving out to police officers. Uh, not only that, like I said, that officers already know how to be human beings and they already know how to talk to people. It's just that one officer that has made it bad for the rest of us. So there, there's no there's no doubt about it. And when you look at the statistics. As far as African-Americans and Latinos, I think, you know, there, there's about a 99.9% positive interaction outcome when it comes to those interactions. And I think that's statistics that a lot of people just either are, are not aware of or they're deciding to ignore. I guess my, non, my last non-wrestling related question to you is, if there is one specific thing that you can attribute uh, to areas like, um, you know, 71st Highway, in Kansas City, Missouri, or the south side of Chicago, or Harlem in New York, or East Los Angeles, or, you know, um, where I grew up down in Miami, uh, Trick Daddy's neighborhood, and, and, and up to West Palm Beach uh, in Carroll City, uh, what would you say that is? What, in your opinion, uh, Shogun, would you say is the number one contributing factor that plays into some of these areas that just happen to, to seem to, to – like a magnet for violence and poverty. What, what do you? What would you say is the one thing that that we could do to change that? What is the number one attributing factor in your opinion? That that is a very, very big question. That deserves a very big answer. I'm gonna try to keep it very short and sweet as I possibly can. This goes all the way so back to. This comes back to systemic racism. Systemic racism has been prevalent for years, ever since slavery 
has been over with. They have always tried to keep us underneath their thumb. And how do they do that? First, they they took away the fathers from families. They took away jobs from us. They put black and black and Hispanics into housing, into projects. So I was watching a special on Cabrina Greens and the projects in Chicago, <clears throat> and it was a special from 1982. And they, you know, they interview families and you know they talk about the poverty and how hard it is for them to you know, get by. And this professor, a white professor was on that. And he was talking about what the problem is. You put these people in certain neighborhoods, you put them in these projects and you gave them no income. You gave them no education. You gave them no resources. In about 20 or 30 years, you're going to have a problem we're dealing with right now. And that he said this in 1982. Think about that. 1982. He said that in 30 years, years you, you, you're going to have a problem. And that's what we're having right now because, because of the, the systemic racism that has been placed. Uh, that's why me being an instructor, I have such a passion about really opening people's eyes to the racism that exists in, in law enforcement, that is law enforcement, just in, 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 in the public as well. So all of that, that's why these certain neighborhoods, the looting that went on in Chicago, the looting would never happen in Chicago if it wasn't for – if these kids had the same opportunities like whites – like other people who have who come from money. If they had the same opportunities, do you think they've been downtown looting? No. They wouldn't care about anything else. Yes, they took the opportunity to to jump on the Black Lives Matter, even though they didn't even care about Black Lives Matter. They just want to go down, downtown right. and loot because they wanted a Gucci belt. They wanted a, a Ferragamo uh, purse. They wanted uh, some Jordans. They wanted a brand new flash screen because they can't afford it. But also because they don't have the guidance that other people have. If they had the same guidance, this would never happen. Another. That's that's amazing to hear you say that, and I don't think anybody can speak with more honesty and sincerity than somebody who's on the streets of Chicago every single day. I I guess just from a personal perspective, I, I can only say how grateful I am to have had my father in my life, even though he was a real hard ass and he was kind of a pain in the ass. I'm yep. glad that I had him. And so for all of you men out there that love wrestling and listen to the Wrestle Talk podcast. If you're not being a good daddy, then you ain't doing shit. And that's just my personal opinion. And it's funny that that was the very first thing that you brought up, the dependency on the welfare system, the lack of opportunity, putting men in jail disproportionately, uh, of, you know, guys with melanin like you, like me, Latinos, and African Americans. Uh, the awareness obviously continues to go up, but the work is not going to be done by the federal, local, or even state government, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be done by the men, the leaders within our homes. We need to teach our children to work hard, to be dedicated, and to be willing to put in the work when it comes to pursuing your dream, just like Chris Logan. Yeah. Some guys have some guys have a dream of being a police officer. Some guys have a dream of being a professional wrestler. And then there's some real crazy guys that want to be both. <laughs> and we happen to be talking to one right now, and it's a freaking amazing, in my opinion. Just, just extraordinary you. that you've gone after both. So, so I'm curious, Chris, what in your past, your upbringing, your family, the people that helped breed this confidence that you have, what was it? Who who got you into it? And, and how did you find, you know, growing up in Brownsville, right? Because uh, Brownsville, a lot of guys don't make it to where you are. What was it that you think made the biggest difference in helping you achieve your dream to not only become a professional wrestler, but also to become a police officer? Okay. That's another big question. There's a big answer that I'll try to keep it short and sweet. It comes down to my parents. My mother and father were great parents. 
my mother, uh, she allowed my brother and I to be kids. And I think that's what a lot of kids, especially when they're in poverty, that's what they get to miss. They miss being kids. They have to grow up so quick. So they, they the, the kids' years passed them by. Uh, I was allowed to be a kid. I was allowed to watch video, play video games, watch cartoons, watch wrestling. Uh, my mother made sure that she was she allowed us to do that. My father was a hard ass too. My father was not my best friend. My father was a father. Same. <laughs> father. He was not. He wasn't there to be my friend. He wasn't there to talk to me about what about you know what girl I'm talking to. His job was to be my father. He was there logistically, and he kept his foot up my ass. And my mom and dad were together for 40 years. My mom passed away at the beginning of this year. In fact, her birthday is tomorrow. God bless your soul. So, thank her. God bless um, your soul, brother. So, thank you. So the way they, they raised me and my brother was to always use, always have an imagination. Without an imagination, you're not going to go anywhere. And that's one thing my mother always allowed us to have. She never, ever took away the 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 mystery of Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. She never did those things to us. She allowed us to use our imagination. When it came to religion, she allowed us to use our imagination. What do you think God is? What do you think this is? What do you think that is? So she she allowed us to 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 think amongst ourselves, and then we came to a table and talked about it. My father, once again, he was that guy who was always there. Like if he knew I was lying, he'll tell my mom I'm lying, and then and then when when the truth came out, he put his foot in my ass. Uh, but then <laughs> I gotta I gotta go to my grandparents, my mom's parents. My grandfather, who was very influential here in the city of Chicago, he was in politics, and uh, I got to meet everybody. Being with my grandfather, I got to meet from hang out with Jesse Jackson to when Obama used to come over to my grandfather's house all the time to uh, meeting uh, uh, presidents from Ghana and Nigeria. So I got to meet these people, and, and, and these were influenced in my life to do something good. And one day my grandfather was working with the mayor of the city of Chicago, Mayor Daly. And uh, they were t- pushing an initiative to hire more minorities to be able to, to get minorities, Hispanic and black police officers. So this is like 2005, and they asked me. My grandfather was like, "Become a police officer," and I said, "No, I go. I, w- I wanted to be a fireman." And he was like, "No, no, 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 no. You need to be a policeman. You you have the you have the personality to be a policeman." I said, "No, Grandpa, I don't want to be one." He was like, "Well, why?" I said, "Well, they're jerks. You know, nobody likes them. They're always mean to people." You know, they stop people for no reason. You know, I'm saying all this stuff. And my grandfather goes, looks at me, he goes, okay. He goes, uh, have you have you ever been stopped by a police officer for no reason? And I looked and I thought about it. I was like, no, I haven't. Okay. No. And he no. goes, have you ever been, have you ever been pull, pulled over for no reason? And I thought about it. I was like, no, the only time I got pulled over, I did something really stupid. He, okay. He goes, have you ever had a bad interaction with a police officer? I was like, no, actually, I would have been good. And he was like, then why are you going off somebody else's opinion? Be the change. Exactly. And and, exactly. At, and at that time, I didn't understand it. And, you know, I said, like, Grandpa, not one person can make a difference. He said, yes, one person can. And that sat with me for years. And then throughout my career, like, I would meet people. And I had people come up to me like, officer, you treated me with so much respect. I thank you so much for that. The officer, thank you so much. You know, I treated you like a jerk, but you was all you were cool with me. I actually had a girl one time hug me. Uh, I ran into her. She she beat up her girlfriend. I ran into her in public because I it was months later, so I didn't really recognize her. 
And I looked at her like, where do I know you from? And she looked at me. She's like, oh, man, you the cop that locked me up. And she ran and hugged me. And she was like, you know, I was being a jerk towards you. I did everything to make you upset, but you were just so cool. And I was like, why would I be a jerk towards you? Here's the thing. You're already getting locked up, so your life is miserable for the next 24 hours. I'm going home, so what's the point of me making you more miserable? And then me being in the academy, teaching recruits, teaching police officers. I've had recruits walk up to me and say, officer, thank you so much for doing that for me when we were in the academy. That changed my whole perspective of things. Now I do this this way. I've had officers come up to me like, man, you're a great instructor. Like, you make me want to go do this now. So that's what my grandfather meant. And it's funny that you asked that question today because I actually called my grandfather today and I told him, thank you. Thank you so much for making me be a police officer and that what you said to me does make sense. And so that that's, you know, so when you ask that question, it's funny that I actually thought about that today. So I, that's, that's, that was actually really cool. That's fresh. Wow. That's, that's so fresh. Joe, I, I just want to say this before I throw it back over to you. Um, listen, and this is this is just night out. This is just me. This is not reflect the opinion of Joe or Chris or the WrestleSoft podcast. But this is why, as a Mexican American, being where I'm from, I, I was born in Mexico. Now I'm an American citizen. I'm very proud to be that. This is why I cannot get behind to fund the police because there are 99.9 percent of police officers that risk their lives and do what this guy. Chris Logan, Shogun Chris Logan, is doing out there. So let's not allow the worst of us on the right or the left to define the whole party. Because police can I, officers can I, can I just say something are, real, are, really quick? Of course, of course, I'll let you jump in. I just want to finish. Do not okay. let one isolated or a handful of isolated incidents completely um, circumvent the thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And, and I'm going to share a quick, very, very quick personal story. My daughter, uh, who is now kind of getting to an age where she's going to go out on her own, go to college. I'm very proud of her. She, um, a, 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 about two years ago, attempted suicide. And mm-hmm. we didn't know what to do. Um, she has medication, and she took it like in excess to try to end her own life. And when we dialed that number, Somebody showed up here within three minutes, and it wasn't the paramedics, it wasn't the fire department, it was the Roland Park Police Department, and if it wouldn't have been for the first aid that they rendered, I don't know if my daughter would be here today. So for anybody who's back in the movement and I get it, I understand that there's plenty of reason uh, for people pushing the movement, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but for me personally, I don't know where I would be in my life today if I had lost my daughter that day. And I'm extremely grateful for the police officers that showed up that day and administered the first aid and allowed her to continue to live. So there is most definitely, at least in my opinion, a place for police officers like Chris Logan who are out there risking their lives to make sure that we can continue living ours. Chris, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I'll let you do your thing. I'm just very grateful for you and everybody who does what you do. I, mean, I apologize about that. I, I I didn't know. You know that's that's actually some deep shit. Thank you for sharing that. That's a, that's yeah, something no deep doubt. for you for you sharing Keep that. Thank real. you very much. Um, when it comes to defund defund the police, the problem is they use the wrong word defund. They should have used allocate funds or something else. I get why people want to defund the police, 
they don't want the police to handle jobs like people with mental disabilities, uh, a job where it's a non-criminal call. Majority of the stuff I deal with, I would say 70% of the stuff I deal with are non-criminal jobs, and that's what they want to do. They want to actually start saying, hey, maybe we should start funding other things to, to help the police. And I think that's where people are losing in translation. Um, I agree. Um, and and I, 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 me and my wife, we had a very big discussion about this, and I said, I don't like that word defund. And she's like, I don't like it either, but I get it because yeah. she's big on it. But she's like, I was like, they need to choose a different word. She's like, you're absolutely right. Um, they don't want to, you know, the training away from us because the training we're giving out to police officers now is what's saving people's lives, and that's what saves your daughter's life. And I think that is amazing. I hope they got a life-saving award for that. Uh, but we, we as a people, all of us, need to find some kind of solution where the police just do their job and the community can feel safe again. And, and I think that's the biggest thing, before I throw it back to Joe, I think that when you hear the, the word in the name police, it, it should immediately correlate to the word safety and, and not fear. And I think for some yes. of us, the Latino and black community, it's not always safety. Sometimes it's fear, and it's going to take communication like this with people like Chris Logan uh, to be able to bridge that gap, which is something I'm, I'm extremely proud of. And, and I also will say this. Uh, let's be real. Uh, you're not going to be able to send a psychologist in to uh, administer uh, peace between the Bloods and the Crips or right. narco traficantes and, and people that come from where I come from, New Mexico, of you know Sinaloa and Durango that are here to just do malice. There's absolutely without a question a place uh, for people to do what you do, and I'm extremely grateful for it. Joe, I know this has been only very limited to professional wrestling, but I feel like it's so relevant, and to have the opportunity to talk to somebody like Chris Logan um, it just means a whole lot to me, man, because I feel like we're bridging a gap here a little bit. And, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but we've got people that are listening to the show tonight from, like, Martinsburg, West Virginia, from, like, South Mississippi, <laughs> from, like, Central Kansas, and places of the like. So I don't think you understand how far it goes to be able to hear somebody like you that literally is on the front lines every day, because I think there's a lot of stigmas out there, and it's very easy to do with kind of the news cycle that goes on day in, day out. And professional wrestling is, is providing us a platform to help bridge that gap a little bit. And to be honest with you, I'm very, very quite proud of it. And I, and I want to thank you for that uh, before I throw it to Joe. So I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Joey, what do you got for us, man? Uh-huh. Let's close it out strong. So I just have uh, two more uh, questions. As I was going through, you know, some of the uh, huge list of names of people that you wrestled, one of the names uh, stuck out, and that was, the one and only Tracy Smothers. Now, Tracy Smothers is a guy that is a, a, a absolute legend in professional wrestling. He's been on the Wrestlers Talk podcast twice. The last time that he called us, he was actually in the emergency room. Am I not lying with that? That sounds like <laughs> Tracy freaking Smothers, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that sounds like so, what was it like wrestling, you know, a, a legend like Tracy Smothers? That one was definitely different. So 
when I was told I was going to wrestle Tracy's mother, I remember T. I remember T.L.'s mother, Tracy's mother. I remember all that. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, so I was like, man, I got to wrestle this guy. He's gonna, you know, he's he's old. He ain't gonna be able to move. Like I don't. I'm like, I, I want to do this. I want to do this with these. I want to wrestle somebody around my like. I wasn't really. Um, excited about it, to be honest with you. I, but as I got closer to the show, I was like, well, you know what? But it's Tracy Smothers. Like, this is a legend. Let's, let's see how this works out. So I met him, and great guy. I mean, sweetheart. So, you know, we get to the ring. You know, he's working heel, I'm working face. And he's and the whole day, he's talking about how bad his back feels. Like, his back is hurting. He's walking around the whole arena around Berwin, walking around with this cane. But I swear, when he got into the ring, do you guys remember, uh, what was that, uh, episode, uh, Star Wars Episode 2, when Yoda walked out with the with the, with the the cane and then he dropped it and yeah. then he became a badass? Well, that was Tracy's uh-huh. mother. Yeah. He dropped yeah. that cane and he was smothers. I mean, he was going in the ring. He was, he was I had to keep up with him. Uh-huh. And I was so impressed. I was so impressed with how great he still is in the ring. Like we talked to her afterwards, and great guy. I, I mean, it was definitely an, a life experience I would never ever regret or take take for granted. I, I really enjoy wrestling. And 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 that is is absolutely true about Tracy Smothers. I've booked a couple of shows with uh, Tracy, and you know. The guy can like barely walk, like like he can barely put one of his feet down, and he's walking with the cane. But he gets in the wrestling ring, and it's like there's nothing wrong with him. It's, it's yeah. the most incredible thing ever. It's like he drops that cane, and he's ready to freaking go. Man, Tracy Smothers. All right, so my 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 last question is: You wrestle for a lot of different promotions, such as Windy City Pro Wrestling. Uh, uh, Metro East Championship Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Blitz, the NWA. Uh, one thing that that stuck out, and and you know we we have a a, a great uh, uh, history with this promotion is Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Can you tell us about your experiences in Dynamo Pro Wrestling? Well, I wrestled for them twice. Uh, the experiences were were cool for the for the for the most part. Had no problems with anybody. I think everybody in the locker room was cool. Uh, it was fun. It was actually a lot of fun wrestling for Dynamo Pro. I know we kept in contact. Uh, I actually wanted to, to wrestle a lot more in Dynamo Pro. You know how things go. Stuff get lost in translation. And, and you know, it was like no more contact. Uh, and it was, I don't think it was on their part. It was just like they probably had so many wrestlers, me not being from that area. But I would love to have another chance to wrestle down in Dynamo because I had a great time down there. I would love to to be able to come down to Dynamo Pro Wrestling and watch you uh, uh, wrestle. Uh, Renee, uh, you can come in with whatever questions that uh, you have and then kick it off for the uh, Game Show Challenge. No no doubt about it. And I really just have one last question, man. We've covered so much uh, ground in this interview. And you know what? You and your brother, bro, uh, both of you guys are just absolutely incredible interviews. So shout out to him as well. Um, my very last question and comment is this. Um, you're going to be a part of a huge event. Um, Black Wrestlers Matter. Yeah. And I think 
this, this means something more to some of us than it means to others. Uh, being a Latino that grew up in South Florida, uh, in Miami, and Palm Beach, most of my friends were Italian and black. Um, I, I, know, I know the culture, I know the struggle, and I can relate to it better than most people, uh, much like you, uh, Chris. So I guess in a few short words, on August 22nd at uh, Franklin Junior High School in Des Moines, Des Moines Iowa, uh, Black Wrestling Matter is going down this upcoming Saturday. Obviously, as we all know, all the proceeds are going to DSM leaders tomorrow. What does it mean to you to be able to travel from Chicago over to Iowa for what I think is going to be one of the most historic events in independent Midwest pro wrestling history? How, how much of an honor and how special is it to you to have received the invite to be a part of this event? Listen, listen to what you just said. Listen to what you just said. Historic. Listen to that historic. You have never seen this before. You've never seen this before. You've never seen a show dedicated to black wrestlers. Dedicated to not just black wrestlers, to Black Lives Matter, period. Being a climate that we are in, I still remember, you know, I was just dealing with the riots here in Chicago, and I remember uh, John West calling me. He was like, hey, doing this show. Are you interested? I said, of course. You, you, all you had to do was say your book this day. And he hit me back. This is what you're doing. And I said, I'm, I'm very proud. Thank you. And to know I'm part of a show that's going to be historic. Not only is, look, not only is he selling out seats right now, y'all. Listen to this. He's not just selling out seats. I mean, he's got a pay-per-view going, too. Go to BlackWrestlersMatters.com and, and order that pay-per-view. Be a part of this history. Be a part. Be that person to say, you know what? I watched that match. I watched that match with ACH. I watched that match with Shane Foster. I watched that match with Shogun Chris Logan. Go in there. Order it right now. Be that person. Be that person who helps donate to a better cause. Be that person that that wants to be part of history. I know I want to be a part of history. I know you guys want to be a part of history. But August 22nd, Des Moines, Iowa. If you live in that area, you have nothing else to do. If you just say, you know what, I feel like doing something today. Make sure you bring your mask. Make sure you practice social distancing. And come to Franklin Junior High School. Come August 22nd. Doors open at 6. Come be a part of history. Come be a part of something that's never happened before. Be a part of something that's going to be talked about for a while. Because every match on there is going to shut it down. Be a part of history, guys. Let's go. And a quick question, though. Who are you, do, you, do you know in what capacity you're going to be participating in the event? Uh, do you know who your opponents are just yet, uh, Shogun? Yes, I'm wrestling Isaiah Bronner. I've wrestled him before, actually, in Berlin Championship Wrestling. The man is a beast, plain and simple. man is a beast. I mean, suplex king. I mean, I've watched him pick up three guys. <laughs> I've watched it. I watched. You ready, bro? I felt the power. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. No, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm giving him a compliment, but I ain't gonna. I ain't saying that. You know, he's gonna do the same thing to Shogun. It's gonna be definitely no a high intense match. I'm gonna guarantee that. But yes, that's the guy I'm wrestling. August 22nd, Isaiah Bronner. Please check him out on YouTube. Guy's incredible. Potential show stealer, ladies and gentlemen. Well, with all that said, we've got to close out this interview properly, and we're going to go ahead and, and tap into the competitive nature of the Shogun Chris Logan.
in the WWE Cruiserweight Classics. Mustafa Ali, ladies and gentlemen, two falls uh. to one. That is right. Two falls to one. Tonight's winner, the Shogun, the master of the blade, Chris <laughs> Logan. Got him. Got him. Uh, 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 
African-Americans, Latinos. I know there's a lot of animosity today against police officers. And I think every time we do one of these interviews, especially one like this, we continue to break barriers and build bridges, man. And I could not be any more proud of that. So huge shout-out to Luke Skywalker-Roberts for facilitating uh, the interview with the wonderful Kevin Ryan. Uh, shout-out to Black Wrestlers Matter and, and John West a good friend of mine for facilitating this interview with Shogun Chris Logan, the FWWC, and all of you, the members of the WrestleTalk family. And, of course, I think it would almost be rude of me to not give many, many kudos to our new uh, technical engineer, Hardcore House of La Familia. i got to tip my cap to you, bro. You're doing a fantastic job. Joe, any final thoughts before we close it out with a little bit of insanity? Oh, man, you know, just just thank you guys for uh, everything that you guys have done, for supporting us through, through, you know, episodes 311 and before that, ladies and gentlemen, it's been absolutely amazing. You guys are completely awesome. Until next week, peace. And if you don't listen to episode 312, which is not coming up next week, but the week after that, because we're taking next week off,
got me on a chain. I would run away. But that pussy got me stained. I used to have some flaws, but now I'm off the chain. I feel like something's wrong. I can't get you up out my brain. Shorty, shorty on the wall. Shorty off the top. A psychic told me about you looking in her crystal ball. Baby, you can live your life. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right now. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. Baby, I'm gonna get you right. 